Hello everyone, hope you all been well. Today on Ghost Travelers Podcast, we're talking with Robin. He is the owner of Ashmore Estates in Ashmore, Illinois. Today we're going to talk with Robin about the history and also the hauntings of Ashmore Estates. So please join us on this journey with Robin. Robin, thank you so much for coming on Ghost Travelers Podcast. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. You're more than welcome. Um, if you could, can you tell my listeners a little bit about yourself? Oh, wow. Um, I've uh, been, a, been an insurance agent now for the, about the past, a little over 40 years, and uh, we specialize in collector car insurance, and we write that all over the country. Um, I'm involved with our Auburn Fire and Rescue as a uh, EMT um, volunteer with that, and worked with that for the last, about the last 15 years. Then I just was added to the, uh, as, a, as a member of the trustees in June of last year to that as well. Just run the ambulance service here in town, uh, our ALS ambulance service that we had, and uh, been involved with the uh, EMS side of things for quite a while now. Um, a lot of hobbies, basically uh, collecting things, a lot, of, a lot of strange things, collect a lot of weird stuff, and, uh, and play with some cars and uh, do things like that. So I'm, I'm pretty busy with stuff. Oh wow! And congratulations with your new uh, with your success with your um, insurance company. Oh, thanks. Yeah, we've been doing that for a long time, and uh, that's all we do. We started off with uh, the uh, just all kinds of lines of insurance, you know, property and casualty, and life, health, and all that. And then I just got down to just nothing but collector cars, and, and that's all we do. So it's kind of a it's kind of a fun uh, a fun day just sitting here looking at cars all day. That would be a lot of fun. Um, if you could, can you tell us how you got involved uh, with the Ashmore Estates? Yeah, my involvement with Ashmore was kind of weird in that I'd been out there, I think it was September of 2012. I went out to investigate, and it was on a, a, a tour guide company that had one out there uh, that had been around for uh, 20 years or whatever, and they, they really just overbooked it. had to be people there especially the, uh, the condition that the building was in. And uh, so I, I just basically went out and sat in my car for about the, the entire day because I got burned out with everything that was going on. And, uh, but I thought it was kind of a cool place. So uh, about, you know, it's probably in, uh, it was about the fall of 2013, I was uh, contacted from a guy that, uh, or that I heard that, you know, they were going to sell it at auction and I was interested, but I just didn't bother to go over then later on, about uh, March of 2014, I had a uh, I got a phone call from a guy that was interested in buying a bunch of haunted house props because I ran a haunted house in my basement here. I live in an old movie theater, and uh, I had a uh, haunted house that we used to run in the basement. And he wanted to buy the props and said, "Hey, can I like to come and take a look at them?" So he came over, we started looking at everything, and he picked out a ton of stuff that he wanted. And I started talking to him a little more about it. But I said, "What are you going to do with these? Where are you going to use them?" Is when I built a new haunt over in, in Indiana. And I said, oh, that's cool, you know. And uh, I said, so did you have a, any haunt experience or done some stuff? He's like, oh, I just I bought one last year. He's like, I'm going to sell it. And I asked him which one you bought. And uh, he said he was going to, uh, he had Ashmore Estates. And I thought, well, that's kind of cool. I've been out there before. And uh, I said, what are you going to do with it? And he's like, I'm going to sell the place. And uh, my wife was sitting there and was like, no, crap. You know, this doesn't sound good. And uh, <laughs> so I said, I'd kind of like to take a look at it sometime. So, so I went out and looked at it. Um, it was like 
program. There was no power in the building, so there was no lights in the building. Um, there was no roof on the building. It was in bad shape. I mean, it was gone. It blew off a few years prior in a tornado. And it was one of these places that most people would have just walked away and said, there's no way in hell I'm going to be thinking about this. But I kind of looked at it, but I'm walking through the second floor, and, and it just felt like there was something there telling me that, you know, that asking me to help their building. And uh, I have an old movie theater, like I said, that I lived in, and our, my office is in, and I built, I rebuilt this. It said it took three and a half years, and I kind of rebuilt the inside of this, and you know, to make it where it is today. And um, I think that maybe some of the spirits from my building that are in there now went with me to Ashmore and said, "You should see this on our place." And there was something about that building that just basically said, "Help our building." And the spirits in Ashmore, I don't think they were worried about helping them as much as just they wanted a place that they could stay and be comfortable in. And, and they, uh, I think that's all it was. And I, so I ended up talking to the guy and we worked it out. Um, he, I traded a bunch of, bunch of hot house props and some, and some money and, uh, and ended up buying the place in uh, May of 2014. Wow, congratulations. Thanks. It, it's, it's, been a, it's been a project, that's for sure. Um, how long did it took you to... Um bring the building up to code for you can have have it safe for you can have uh, tours and people walking in from the outside well as I mentioned there was no roof on the building and so that was a real problem and there was so much junk in the building you couldn't even walk through I mean I felt bad because he had, the guy that had it before me he had basically taken a bunch of people's money and booked investigations and the place was just a disaster and uh, I mean there was people coming over the the wind. 
the end of October, and uh, we had electrical up in there about, um, I think it was like the second week, second week or third week of May, I had electrical in the building, and, uh, and then there was no water when I bought the place either, there's no bathrooms in the building whatsoever, and so we did put bathrooms in there about a year later, uh, we had put those in June, I think, like June 15, I think it was, when we put the, uh, we had bathrooms in the building, so it, uh, because there was nothing there before that, which you know, made it tough to have investigations. But so we've done a lot of work to it, and we're continuing to do more things and updates and stuff as we go along. Wow, that's awesome! That uh, the unexpected people of the paranormal community came out and helped, and I would think that uh, maybe the building might have reached out to them and spirit saying, "Hey, come." come fix up with this uh, new owner and bring us back to life, you know? I think there's a lot of truth to that because um, people have told me that they've been there before and that it was such, such bad shape that they hated, you know, they, some people didn't want to go back. I called one friend of mine and said, hey, I said, have you ever been to Ashmore State? She told me, yeah. I said, would you go back? She said, no, the place is a dump. I said, I just bought it. She's like, oh, okay, let me know. I'll be back. So I think that they knew that I'd probably do something with it. And they wanted to come out there, but it was just such bad shape. It was one of those, like, you're risking your life somewhat going there. And, you know, since we had cleaned it up and all, that's no longer the case. But they came out because they liked the building. They just didn't like what was being done on the inside of it, I think, with the haunted house and everything. And, and I think now people, I mean, when I, I have some work out there once in a while, and the people are always coming out just because they said, I'm just drawn back to this place. I just keep wanting to come back here all the time. Yeah. Um, if you could, can you tell us the history of Ashmore Estates when it was first opened its doors back in when it was in operation? Okay. Um, before, before it was Ashmore Estates, it was actually the Coles County Pork Farm. And it wasn't originally Coles County Pork Farm. A lot of people don't realize, but every state had one. I mean, every, every county in the state had one. It was by law. It was a place where people would go that didn't have money, didn't have any way to, to survive, basically, because they just had nowhere to go. Nobody to help them or anything like that. So um, that's what the poor farms were originally set up. And I kind of always look at the uh, the old uh, the game of, of life and uh, the actual board game of life, and there's an area on there that says you go to the poor farm. The new versions don't have that on there. Um, I think probably because a lot of people don't have never heard of a poor farm to get today. But I can still remember back when my, my parents and my grandparents said, you know, you should tell me if you don't stop it, you're going to send me to the poor farm. And that's what Ashmore States was, or originally Coles County uh, poor farm is what it was. And, uh, or almshouses, as a lot of them were called. So it, it, the, the building itself was, they had the, uh, the poor farm originally was in a different location. And then it moved out there. Um, and, uh, in the late 1800s, it moved out there. And they had a problem out there in that um, the, the original structure that was there ended up uh, catching fire. Um, I think it was like um, in about 1880, something, 86 or 87, someplace in that area. It caught fire from a little girl who was uh, Elvis Skinner that was getting ready for breakfast one morning. Her dress caught fire from probably a candle that was you know, used to, uh, to light things or maybe just sitting there. And uh, she perished in the fire, you know, from um, from damages and you know, from her um, abrasions and burns and everything that she had from from the, the candle lighting her dress on fire. And so she died there. Well, they didn't do anything with the building. They kind of left it just the way it was until um, around 1915 or so. A lady, and I always thought this was kind of 
flies everywhere on the walls. I mean, it was just it was just poor, poor environment. And so, at that point in time, they were pretty much like the county was told, you need to fix this situation now. And so they decided to come out with this new fireproof building, fire-resistant building, and it was constructed in 1916 and, uh, and put in place and finished off and it became uh, the, the, the poor farm for Coles County at that point. Um, they pretty much continued on until like 1959 when the public aid system took over the way it is, pretty much the same way it is today. And then it, uh, it sat for a little while, but then it started back up as a uh, uh, private psychiatric hospital in um, about 1964. But it wasn't around very long until they had amazing amazing history and sad part of history as well um, when it was open during the, the hospital season um, when the hospital took over and other people took it over have they ever um, had any paranormal claims when it was uh, open and in that time frame once um, you mentioned when that uh, Elvis uh, got uh, sadly uh, passed away in the building Yeah, we always felt like we were being watched. 
think there's a lot of people that have heard things, and there's a lot of people that say they haven't heard things, but in reality, they probably have, but they just want to not believe that they didn't. Yeah, that's true. When you bought the building, what was your uh, first experience of the paranormal in your building when you first bought it? Wow, that's pretty cool uh, personal experience. Now, why do you believe that uh, uh, girls are not appreciated down in the boiler room by themselves or with a group of them? Joe's down there, you know, raising heck because uh, doesn't want to bother. 
Yeah, that's kind of true, I guess. And I and I also just saw uh, the Ghost Adventures episode that you were just talking about with Nick. And I believe that maybe Joe was reaching out to Nick saying, hey, I don't want you down here anymore. Yep, it might have been. You know, we, uh, we don't know. I mean, I have people that tell me all the time that they get names and things like that, but I don't, you know, there's so many people that went through that building um, throughout the years. I mean, there, there was over 200 deaths in the building. So it, uh, there was a lot of people that went through there. Wow, that's, that's pretty cool. And you mentioned in the beginning of the podcast that you live in a, a theater down in the basement that you renovated yourself. Can you tell us a little bit um, about that theater's history for a little bit of time that we have remaining for the podcast? Sure. Yep. We, uh, actually, I live in Auburn, Illinois, which is about two hours to the west of Ashmore, so it's a road trip every time I go over there. But I... I bought an old movie theater that sat empty for three and a half years. Nobody wanted it, had a slope floor and all that, that that type of stuff in it. So I bought it basically from my office, and we were here so long and so often. I told my wife, I said, you know, we're there so much, we got to just live there. And she's like, there's not a house there or anything. I said, I always built one. So I built like a 4,000-square-foot house inside the movie theater. And there's two floors that we occupy, and uh, um, we cut windows in the walls and everything. And uh, so we do some, we live here. And it's also haunted, it's been haunted. Um, when I first moved in here, I remember seeing motion lights going off and on all the time. And you hear voices and things in the building. And then, then we found out that we actually have probably one of the most infamous uh, serial killers that uh, ever walked the earth that uh, frequents the place on occasion in, uh, by the name of John Wayne Gacy. Uh, we've ran into encounters with him here in the building as well. So it's a, it's an interesting building and, and haunted as well. And we're here almost 24-7. Wow, that's pretty cool. Um, what kind of experiences do you believe that you have with uh, John Wick Casey there? Well, we were doing a, as I call them, newbie nights. I had like 12 people that never investigated before. And we were doing an investigation here at the theater. Um, it's probably been six years ago or so now. And uh, so I had uh, three friends of mine who were psychic mediums, and they were here, and they said, hey, well, you guys are, you know, we did a walkthrough, like 45 minutes, we walked through the place, and I brought the group back. I was going to teach them how we listen for, for EVPs. And uh, so we were sitting around the table, and I've got like 12 headphones set up and everything, so we're all listening to the same thing. And uh, so we're doing that. Well, the mediums and, uh, were going to go through the building and just kind of wander around themselves. And they started coming across some, some weird stuff, the digging in the basement, and they, they, they heard music playing, and, the, and then the one psychic told me that, or said he, he'd gone upstairs when they were all wandering through, and uh, well, first off, he, when he was downstairs uh, by one of the rooms, he said he kept hearing the name The Duke, like John Wayne, The Duke, uh, from the old, uh, the old Western movies and, uh, you know, and war movies and all, so... He, um, you know, that was kind of strange. Then he heard the uh, song It Ain't Me by Creedence Clearwater. So he, he wandered upstairs and, and was looking around and, and saw a couple armoires we had up there. And one of the armoires, he said, you know, he thought it was uh, had some, like, family energy attached to it or something like that. But the other armoire, he said, was kind of creepy. And he said, you know, this was a little bit different. I'm not sure what it is, but he said, this is just, there's something wrong with this. And so they walked around and they went down to our basement. And he said he started seeing clowns. And digging, and, and he said, you know, I know you guys ran a haunted house down here, so I think my subconscious is just seeing clowns because I know you have a haunted house. 
And he said, so he, he wandered into the, the basement, and sure enough, there were some clowns. And uh, he said he's also seen the jail cell. That, and he, he came across an area that we had like what looked like a jail cell set up because we had a 50,000-watt uh, uh, Jacob's Ladder in there, and we were protecting people from touching that. And uh, so that was kind of kind of creepy in itself. He saw this. He saw more digging and more clowns. And so they went upstairs and sat in the theater room that we have in the building, and he said, he was trying to put it all together. And he's like, you know, I don't know what it's all about. He's like, I've been hearing the Duke, the digging, the clowns. And he's like, it just doesn't make any sense. He said, uh, so they were talking. And one of the others, like he said, told my wife, who was sitting on the floor the, towards the back of the room, and said, Norma, I don't want to alarm you, but John Wayne Gacy is standing right behind you. And they're like, okay, why is he here? And, and so they start talking about it a little bit. And um, they asked Norma, and she's like, well, she's like, when I was, in college, my roommate's brother was killed by John Wayne Gacy. And the other two guys that were in the room there sitting with him said, well, when he went to prison, the paperwork came across our desk. We handled all the paperwork for him. Well, and Norma told us, like, well, the armor upstairs that, that uh, um, we had some experience with, Damon, was, uh, was owned by the attorney that represented John Wayne Gacy. And I found out after the fact that she used to store paintings that he did for her when he was in prison in that armoire. And uh, so, yeah, and then when I got the armoire, we, I, re, I opened it up, refinished it and everything, trying to make it look a little bit nicer and all. And uh, after I did that, I, uh, I ran into an issue. I got it upstairs and I couldn't get it open. It was like locked shut. And I was like, what the heck? And to this day, I still can't get it open. It's, it's locked. And, and this psychic that showed up a few years later that told me that it's locked because he wants to protect the paintings that are in there. And I told him, there are no paintings in there. He's like, no, he said there are paintings. I mean, no, they're not there. I know where they are because I've touched them, but they're not in that cabinet. And But he said, Gacy still thinks they're in that cabinet. And he just wants to make sure nobody bothers them because they were for this attorney. So it's uh, just kind of a kind of a weird situation with everything that we've had going on with that. And that's pretty much what... Uh, the kind of short version of that whole thing. That's pretty cool and kind of creepy at the same time that you have one of the most known serial killers haunting your building. Yep, yeah, it's a, it's a little different. I mean, he pops up every once in a while. In fact, um, I had somebody that saw somebody standing at the top of the stairs this weekend. We had a uh, we had an event here, and he came over and told me that he saw somebody standing at the top of our stairs, and uh, as he was walking through the building. That is pretty crazy. Um, on your investigations, um, what's your most favorite um, paranormal equipment that you use on your investigations that you have um, in your case? I kind of like using a couple different things. Obviously, you know, the digital recorder it works out great. Yeah, that's, a, that's the one that you use a lot. And I like using a thermal camera um, because the thermal camera, you really can't it's gonna. It's it's not made for investigations, but it's picking up you know hot, hot spots and cold spots, and so if it picks that up, it's uh it's kind of interesting because it doesn't know you know it's not picking up stick figures and things like that. It's actually used to pick up cold spots, and I I, I really like using a thermal camera a lot. Now, have you ever uh, captured anything? Uh unexplained on a thermal camera uh, in Ashmore or in your theater? 
we've done it in the theater, and uh, actually I was teaching some people how the, how the thermal camera worked, and uh, we were sitting in one of the rooms, and I told them, you know, how it worked and what it was doing and, you know, the whole idea behind it. And uh, so I was showing them, I was pointing at their arms, and all I said, see, it's right here because it's looking for heat signatures. You know, and if you put your hand up here on the wall and remove your hand, you know, after a few seconds, it's going to show a heat signature on the wall. And they're like, oh, what's it doing with the cold spots? I said, well, it'll show, like, blue. Because the way I had my color configuration set up, I said, the blue's going to show up because it's going to be a lot colder. So we were sitting there and had the thermal camera just pointing in the room, and something walked across, right? I mean, it was probably five minutes after I told them. Something walked across the room, and you can see hips and everything as it's moving across the room. And I said, yep. And she's like, like that? I'm like, just like that. And they said, that's, that's just pretty strange. And uh, the temperature dropped about 20 to 25 degrees when that walked in front of it. I bet that was a pretty cool uh, personal experience that you and your uh, student shared with each other in that exact moment that you were teaching her how to use the thermal camera. Yeah, it was uh, it was interesting. I mean, she in fact she was it was kind of you know kind of funny in a way too because she wasn't feeling good that night and she was kind of sick and she'd asked me if she could use my thermal. I told her sure you can use it. So you know when uh, when she got here and she came in the back. She's like, I'm just going to sit back here. I don't feel good right now. And then she finally came up. She's like, I need to do something. So let's, you know, give me the thermal camera. Let's go do this for a few minutes anyway. And that popped up all of a sudden. In fact, I, I, in fact, I walked in the room and I say, I said, Bobby's here. She's not feeling really well right now. You need to show her a good time. Make sure you walk by and let her know you're here or something like that effect. And, uh, and sure enough, like five minutes later, she caught that on the camera. That's pretty cool. Um, do you have like some uh, a website or any sorts of medias or an email for people can reach out to you for they can do their own paranormal investigations at Ashmore or maybe at your theater? Sure, you can go to our, our Facebook page for uh, the uh, Ashmore States, just Ashmore States, and you can go to the Facebook page there. Just you know, look it up under Ashmore States. Our website is www.ashmorestates.net. Um, we're on Twitter and underneath Ashmore Estates. Um, we've got an Instagram account. Unfortunately, the girl that usually handled that um, passed away last year in an automobile accident, and I have to find the passwords and everything for that. So I don't really get on the, the Instagram too much. Um, the, the, uh, you can you can get a hold of us. We've got number 217-899-9978 is our phone number for Ashmore Estates. Uh, you can email me at info, I-N-F-O, at ashmorestates.net. Um, the theater, we really haven't been doing a lot of investigations because it's our own personal uh, residence and everything, so we've kind of kept those down just because I've had some, some problems when, you know, medically, health-wise, when Casey, his name's brought up, and people are trying to always try to catch him and trying to see if they can get, talk to him. So, so we've pretty much stopped everything there. Um, but we do have a Facebook page uh, for Haunted R, just the letter R, Haunted R Theater, and uh, then we've got a website too, it's hauntedrtheater.com uh, that uh, you can check out as well. And I'll make sure to put all those uh, links that you mentioned in the bottom of the description of this podcast episode for people can find it a lot easier. Okay, thanks. You're welcome. Um, Aaron, thank you again for coming on Ghost Travelers Podcast today. I really do appreciate your time. You're welcome. Well, everyone, this is PJ, your host for Ghost Travelers Podcast. Take care and travel safe.
I would like to say thank you to Robin for coming on Ghost Travelers Podcast today. If you would like to know more about Robin and his building, Ashmore Estates, please head over to his website at ashmoreestates.net. If you like this episode of Ghost Travelers Podcast, please give it a positive rating and leave a comment down below and tell us how we did. And also, please consider on hitting that subscribe button for new episodes on Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays as well, for you don't miss a new episode. Thank you for listening. This is your host, PJ, for Ghost Travelers Podcast. Take care and travel safe.